What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 19 of Two Dudes with Sports News. As always, my name is Garrett. I'm here with my co-host. What it do, what it do. This is Jalen Prince. So we're going to get a little bit of house cleaning done with the first little bit of this episode. First of all, we finally have our own Twitter page. It took us 18 weeks to do it. So uh, we did it. It's TDSN Pod on Twitter. And then to plug the rest of the socials, it's Two Dudes uh, with Sports News on Facebook. Check us out. Personal ones at the end of the show. Don't worry about that. What I really want to get into to start, Jalen, football is back, and it's back, back. We got college football back. We got NFL football back, man. We It's in full swing. I'm loving it, man. How about the, you? The weekends are great again. I love it. The weekends I love are it great so again. much. But what I love more than anything is listening and watching the Sun Belt uh, absolutely dominate this past weekend. The Sun Belt walked away. For those who don't know, Sun Belt is one of the – group of five conferences in college football in division one. Traditionally, a lot of those teams are paid exorbitant amounts of money to come lose to whether some of these group, power five whether, schools. Like, whether it's group but, five, lower ranked division ones, division twos, division three, stuff like that. Yeah. So these teams get paid exorbitant amounts of money to come lose and basically be tune-up games to these, you know, higher end teams such as Notre Dame, Texas A&M and Nebraska. Well, Georgia Southern is our Jalen I's alma mater is now a uh, a coach killer because we walked into Lincoln, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, and beat Nebraska forty five to forty two, and it was absolutely unreal. Kyle, or, uh, Kyle Van Treese was Sun Belt Player of the Week. Yep, and we actually broke a streak. Jalen, do you know what the uh, number of wins for Nebraska was at home? Two hundred and fourteen and oh. Yes. So now. We're now, basically, that was the Undertaker. Nebraska at home where the Undertaker <laughs> brought Lesnar. We eat, we ate, we eat, we sleep, we conquer and repeat. Yes, sir. So we broke a 214-game record. So when Nebraska had put up 35 points or more at home, they won 214 games without losing a single one. So I feel like when you – there were a lot of stuff leading up to Scott Frost being fired before this game. I don't know about you. That but was I the icing it. on the cake. Exactly. You can't break a 214 game record and expect to keep your job. Granted, if you put up 42 points on any given Saturday, you're probably going to win, unless the other team puts up 45. So the way the kind of the game went out. First of all, Georgia Southern started off hot. Calvin Trees was connecting with Singleton. Uh, with Singleton, uh, Devin, uh, I think, Blair Burgess. Burgess who also broke the single game catch record in Georgia Southern history in a, um, for most catches. I think he had like 11, 12, 12 catches in that game. Um, Jalen White and Gerald Green combined for over a hundred, uh, over for combined over three, I think 300 yards rushing overall total for Georgia Southern had around 600 yards total offense. And with 400 and with about like 400 yards of that going to, going to the ginger general. Yes, um, sir. I love that nickname, man. Kyle, if you're listening, man, we love that nickname. And I mean, ice cold, man. I, I, that was a fun game to watch. Going, go. I, okay, so going back to this, I remember I was watching the the Georgia Southern spring game, and I was just seeing how I want to see how the new offense is going to look. I want to see how the play style works. I want to see how just all right. Do we have receivers that could be able to run this? Do we have a quarterback who's going to be who's going to be the quarterback? And once we got Van Trees, all right, let's see how good this dude is. 
Off the rip of the spring game, I was very impressed with how he was able, why he threw the ball, how controlled he was. He didn't look, he looked like a field general type of guy. He looks, he he's not a Joe Burrow because where Joe Burrow looks like a field general guy, but he's a guy that's be, be able to make some things happen with his legs. That's not Van Teresa's style. He's no. a he's a shorter version of Big Ben. Well, he mini Ben. Where he's a lot shorter, a lot more compact. He can move move around a little bit, evade some sacks. He ain't afraid to get hit, and he's gonna go ahead and deliver that ball. He got off to a hot start. The run game got off to a great start. The offensive line did a tremendous job. But going into that game and this season, I wanted to see how how Georgia Southern is able to transition from always being a triple option to an air raid and see if it'll work. It definitely has worked thus far. I love the I love the play style. I love the play calling because the play calling has been tremendous. I remember there was one third down in that game where they ran a where they ran a mid draw and Jalen White scored the first t- scored the first uh, I think either the first or second touchdown of the game. Um, just the play calling. The last touchdown that gave us the lead was a QB draw off of a motion. I love the play design and I love the play calling and I'm excited about Georgia Southern and we're not the only ones. A lot of Georgia Southern alumni and fans are very excited and everything just feels right in the world when Georgia Southern is winning and succeeding in football, especially down down in the 912 yes, because sir. now we're now I just looked at tweet of of Georgia Southern, uh, Georgia, Georgia Southern equipment on Twitter, where where and ticket sales, where there's still a few seats left for the next home game, which is next week against Ball State, and that how that might potentially pack out. You see, the thing is that's gonna be really good for Georgia Southern is the fact that Georgia Southern has been triple option. A lot of like the new generation, we understand the like a lot of them understand the greatness and history of Georgia Southern football with triple option to be able to run the ball, but. Um, but with social media and the internet nowadays, they see a lot of stuff like from other colleges, how they're throwing the ball, how they're passing the ball. Everybody got quarterbacks to be able to throw that thing and be able to make spectacular plays and stuff. And that's entertaining. That's attractive to them. Just be able to run, 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 doing simple stuff and predictable stuff. It got old. Not a lot of people that like either know football or don't know it as much but want to go see something entertaining. It's not that big to them. So to make that switch. Now you're going into this era of uh, this era of football where it's pass heavy, where it's about scoring fast. Now you're getting the entertainment portion into Statesboro. You're going to bring that attraction over, and we're going and hopefully we're going to see more packed houses in Paulson. Very packed Paulson, very baby. Let's go. Here's what I will say too. So I want to touch on more than just that. I mean, it, Georgia Southern football has always been fun to watch to a degree, but now watching a triple option team last year run the air raid it's so much fun to watch the receiver like it it really shows the depth of this team and we still run the ball we still do good i I don't want to get too far into that but i do want to touch on one thing you said about kyle van treese uh there's a quote that i remember hearing about a quarterback uh a couple years ago in college football they made a great point about how you don't have to be a good runner or a great runner or a freak athlete to move the ball as a scrambling quarterback or to be effective in the run game. You just have to be a willing runner. You have to know when to tuck it, run it, get a couple yards, get what you can, move forward, or, you know, like Van Trees, you know. And get, get down. Yes, sir. But you have to be able to get down, get the ball, and move the ball forward, take what the defense is giving you. You don't have to be the best running back or 
running quarterback in the world. You don't have to be Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen. You just got to be able to move it and do it. And Vantrese did that, and it looked great. But I do want to get in on one thing uh, now that we're still on Sunbelt football. I want to mention how the Sunbelt, uh, Sunbelt Funbelt, uh, this past Saturday, Georgia Southern wasn't the only team. Crap State beat Texas A&M. For those who don't know this, Appalachian State, and they are a huge rival to Georgia Southern. So say we call them right, Crap say State. It, say it right. Crapalachian State. I'm sorry. There you go. I don't know how y'all got college game day, but that's a whole other story for another time. The fact that, the, the fact that they got it before us still ticks me off. And I know if any if any Mountaineer <laughs> fans were to hear this, they would enjoy this. So hopefully we'll get more viewers just from that part. Uh, understand this. We don't like y'all. Y'all don't like us. And that's the love-hate relationship that we got, but more so that we just love to hate y'all. That's college football rivalry, man. So App State – Crap State, I apologize for my mispronunciation, went into A&M and beat Texas A&M. It wasn't by much. It was 17-14, to 14, but Texas A&M was ranked the number six team in the nation. Wasn't Marshall, the first time they did the same thing to Michigan back in 07. We'll give credit where credit is And then Georgia Southern went in the uh, crap state and beat them. Jason Foster. Yes, so we'll, leave, we'll, we'll give credit where credit's due. And then Marshall, new additions to the Sun Belt, Went into Notre Dame and beat number eight Notre Dame twenty six to twenty one. Notre Dame now, is I Notre Dame. I do want to touch on one bit. So we mentioned that a little bit earlier. How sometimes these group of five teams get paid an exorbitant amount of money to come to get tune up game. They don't always expect them to win. So if, I did a little math for the show. Marshall got paid one point two five million by Notre Dame this past Saturday. Appalachian State. Got paid 1.5 million by Texas A&M, and Georgia Southern got paid 1.4 million by Nebraska. When you break that down, the Sun Belt brought in 4.15 million on Saturday just to be tune-up games, and came in and changed the whole. It's hilarious to me to see how much these Power Five conferences just paid to three teams. I just I wanted to bring attention to that that the good old Sun Belt over here is absolutely destroying. And I just, it's, it's beautiful. So I do want to touch on a couple of things too. I know Texas and Alabama was a great game and I'll, I'll let you give you a piece on that. And then I'll talk about the, the, uh, I, I guess you can call it a game, the Florida Kentucky game. Um, I'll let, let's get into Bama, Texas real quick. Real quick. You mentioned the millions that like that Sunbelt East got, um, coach prime Deion Sanders of Jackson state. He was talking about how much, a lot of those other teams, just like those beatdown games, those money games, uh, how much like certain, how much HBCUs have uh, they received? So while Sunbelt East received the like the millions, FAMU got uh, forty five, uh, like four hundred fifty thousand, uh, four hundred fifty thousand. Uh, Southern against LSU received seven uh, seven hundred and sixty thousand. Alabama State got five hundred ninety thousand. So. One thing, oh, and Alabama ain't then received three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. So there's a trend on that one. Um, all I'm say is, if any team, and I think this is why a lot of like big, you know, like Power Fives are, are not willing to go ahead and schedule Jackson State just yet. They don't want to get in that middle and get that in, that type of embarrassment. But that's a different story for another day. But let me go. On, let me get into the like the thing with Austin. Um, it was hot. The guys went in there. Uh, in a dog fight, they were semi-prepared. Mm-hmm. 
Defense was bend but not break, but made too many uh, mental mistakes. We were mentally not in that game because I felt like I felt like our team was just so distracted. And Nick Saban even pointed it out like there was a lot of distractions on that one. Now credit like Texas, their starting quarterback was balling. He ended up getting hurt with a shoulder injury, and we're gonna have to hear the excuse from Longhorn fans once again. Uh, but anyway. He went out, give credit to Card. He stepped up doing what we had to do. B. John Robinson was a no-show. And credit our defense for that. We did not allow him to get going. Now, he did make one spectacular catch to set it up in the red zone. But outside of that, the dude the dude was basically – we basically nullified him. And I was happy with, uh, with that on our defense. Jalen Moody's been spectacular. Will Anderson, this is why he's great. You make mistakes. You have four You have four offsides. Um, you have four penalties. But when – when the rubber meets the road and you got it, you got to help your team get a stop. He got a big sack to set up for the field goal that helped like Texas get that 19 to be up by two. Mind you, if they would, uh, mind you, if Texas would have got that first down, they would have had a chance to melt the clock all the way down and kick that game when the field goal. So that stop was huge. which set yep. up a lot of time left for Bryce Young. Bryce Young did his thing. Uh, struggled in the first three halves, in the first three quarters. Because a lot of our receivers were able to get a whole lot of separation to make a whole a whole chunk of plays. Now, uh, now a lot of like national media are concerned about Alabama because we had that lack of weapons. We don't have James. We don't have John Mechie, and Yada yada. It's gonna take time, and I'm not worried about Bama one bit because again we're Bama. So with a lot of the criticisms, a lot of the like um, the haters out there that are like saying. Bama's going to be on the decline, and Bama's not going to make the national championship, yada, yada, yada. Understand this. I have a philosophy, and I and I strongly believe in this. I asked my question. I asked this question to myself and to a bunch of people. Are you the same person that you were yesterday? No. The, the answer is no. Are the answer is always be- no. Are you better or worse? You will never be the same person that you were yesterday. You will either be better or worse. You were never the same. So that Correct. team. This is why I this is why I like overreaction on like we'll get in the NFL a little bit, but this is why I like overreaction Monday or overreaction Tuesday because everybody's gonna overreact and go ahead depict what they're gonna look forward to. We um for like the future of whether it's NFL or college football. You can't do that because each week the team that you see is either gonna be better or worse than they were the on the week prior. So Bama looked bad against Texas. That's not happening again. No. Now, will other teams compete hard against Bama? Of course they are. But the difference between this Bama team is different from last year because of the leadership in which it had. And because they have a much stronger leadership, a more cohesive unit, and Nick Saban's going to do his thing, we're going to be fine as far as the unit. That was a good game. We finally – that was the first game – I think that was the first game winning field goal since 2006. I'm not sure. But Will Riker, he got SEC Special Teams Player of the Week. Well-deserving. Bryce Young did his thing. We're going to be fine. The weapons are going to get better. We're going to get more reinforcements later on with JoJo Earl and, Tra- and Louisville transfer Tyler Harrell. We're going to be fine as far as Alabama, but credit to Texas. They did what they were supposed to do, and they came up short. But they'll be fine. Texas is going to make us look good because we were able to beat them. RIP to Louisiana Monroe in week three because Saban's coming out angry. So that'll be uh, – He ain't on 50. He, he ain't on one. 
The last game was Will Anderson's first sack. He 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 he's about due to get more than one along with Dallas, oh, yeah. along with Dallas Turner. Oh, so that nice. so that was that. I want to touch on two things too, real quick. I want to say shout out to the fans uh, because the first of the all, atmosphere yeah. was crazy. I got to get Texas showed up. Hundred five thousand two hundred thirteen for the official attendance, I, which broke also, the previous record by two thousand. Also, I think that's the like I think that was the first time that uh, Texas really kind of unveiled the the new seat the new seats that they installed on the on the east side end zone. Because for years I, past, they've always had they've always had like a U shaped type, a U or V shape, whichever you prefer. But a U shaped right. type stadium. They finally um, finished completing the other half of it. So now Texas is always going to have the fans that allowed. This time it was actually a different story. So they finally completed that because I think they've been working on that since uh, 2000, 2018, I believe. Because it was still in construction back when Joe Burrow was uh, Joe Burrow and LSU went in, went into um, Austin to beat them. But overall, Texas was impressive as a whole, both student section, both fans, and um, and uh, that game broke a lot of records for Fox Sports. So most streamed regular season game and or football history for Fox. Kudos to them. So let's move on. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, great game all around. I, Bama pulled it out at the end. Yep. We're not. We will not get into that roughing the passer thing. We're not getting into that. I, we could be here all day talking about that. Nope. Moving on. I want to touch briefly on the Florida Kentucky game because I was there. Um, my, yeah, a couple of Kentucky defensive players had some comments for your boy AR. He didn't have a good game, and he actually props for him as he actually fessed up to it, which I respect. I respect that as a player where you can go into the podium after a loss and say, "Yeah, that this is on me." He came out and said that you know this game was on him. The defense, you know, held up their end, and he didn't hold up the offense's end. He missed a couple throws, got in his own head, and he was down. So that was I, on him. I, I really didn't have a chance to see your game. Like, you was there, so yeah. I'm going to let you explain more. I'm just going to let you know. I didn't have a chance to actually watch the game because I was too busy watching Georgia Southern. So that one's on me. Uh, but uh, I'm going to let you take it away on this point. I, it just – the whole game, it didn't look like the offense – first of all, the offense looked like they were playing too safe. The defense did everything they could. Um, the defense played great. Defense played lights out. AR missed a couple good easy throws. He made a couple bad reads. He made a I don't even want to get into the pick six. Ball should have been thrown to begin with. I don't have to say it. Every Gator fan knows that. Every Kentucky fan knows that. Anthony knows it. Napier knows it. Whole team knows it. It's beside the point. We're moving on. Basically, it was a slug fest to the end. Uh defenses stood out across the board. Robinson or just Richardson, I'm sorry. Anthony Richardson just didn't look like he was really there for the game, and that's what kind of confused me. It was a completely different Richardson that we saw week one against Utah versus week two in Kentucky. We do have USF next. I think Richardson's going to come back with a vengeance. We dropped to 18, which, fair, I respect that. I, I honestly thought going to 12 was a little high, but that's just me. Defense Again, defense played fine. Uh, Trevor Etienne looked good. Montreal Johnson looked good. Everybody looked good. Richardson just didn't look like they were piecing it together. There was a lot of hitch routes, a lot of slants, a lot of uh, screens, a lot of just really meh kind of routes. There wasn't really any big exciting plays, and it was just an overall just okay performance from the Gators, and it's a better game from Kentucky, so I'll give credit where credit's due. Kentucky, great job. Uh, I know 
I got a family member who's really, really happy about this. Uh, Les, shout out to you. Um, we'll see you next year, man. But that's all I want to get in on that. Um, you have anything else to add for college football? Um, not for this past week. Uh, we saw a lot of good games. Um, we got to keep an eye out on USC, Caleb Williams, oh, for sure. Jordan Addison. The, um, shout out to the Vols. I still hate that orange. They had a big win against Pip. <laughs> against Pitt, uh, so they did their it's thing. Ugly orange, man. And um, but yeah, next I think next week's we're gonna see some interesting games. Even though college game day is gonna be in Boone, so they're gonna have to deal with a lot of the goat smells up there. <laughs> um, <laughs> God, there was a video. No, no, there was a video by A and M where they was talking so much trash to mm -hmm. uh, Crap State, and I'm like, I was loving it, but at the same time, I'm like, y'all don't know them. No, like, we know them. Here's so, what I will say, just like my apartment, because my AC is out right now, uh, Appalachian State is hot, hot, hot. <laughs> for those who don't know, look up that commercial on YouTube. It's hilarious. But, yeah, all that trash talking that A&M was doing really didn't pan out. So, at all. No. It, it's, why, it's why, personally, I rarely talk smack going into a game, especially a game that I'm supposed to win. Because you could win on any given Saturday, any given Sunday, just as easily as you can lose on any given Saturday or Sunday. That is true. That is very true. But we, um, again, just it, it was a good week. It was it was a good week. Great week. Let's talk about NFL. So my Jaguars did Jaguars things. We looked Trayvon good. Walker looked good. Trayvon Walker looked, looked good. good. Josh he, Allen uh, looked was, good. Trayvon Walker was the first uh, NFL rookie to have an, uh, a sack and an interception in the same game since T.J. Watt in 20, since 2017. Which is great company. Trevor Lawrence looked okay. Um, he could have looked better. It's honestly the O-line looked bad. Yeah, that one. The O-line was a problem with that yeah, game. That was, were fine. Uh, that was not good. Like, no, the O-line looked bad. O-line needs to get whipped into shape. Uh James Robinson with probably the fastest ACL injury recovery I've ever seen. He thank, looked like he didn't miss a beat. Thank you, James Robinson, for helping me win all five of my fantasy leagues. Yes, sir. Well, I but thought I had my, James in our league. Oh, I had him in another league. Oh, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> James didn't help me win in, my, in our league, but I definitely lost another two. This is not a fantasy podcast. We're not getting into that. No. Nope. But <laughs> James Robinson looked great. Jaguars look solid. Uh, Wentz looked in, in true uh, week one form, and he will continuously fall off as the year goes on. Not too worried about that. Antonio Gibson had his usual fumble per game, um, but the defense looked solid. If the Jaguars' O-line just played better, we could have won that game. We should have closed out in the red zone more times than we did. But that's besides the point. Your so Seahawks, though. We're gonna get in there to a minute, but I wanna I wanna keep I wanna stay on your your Jags mm -hmm. uh for a minute. So are your Jags bad or did Carson Wentz was Carson Wentz that good? I think Wentz had a good game. Uh we played decent coverage on defense. The linebackers, uh Devin Lloyd missed a couple tackles um that I saw. It definitely looked like the defense the defense didn't play up to its potential at all um there were a couple good plays a couple guys that lost it just looked like i mean we got outplayed simple as that i think week two is going to be very very different i think honestly we might have gone into that game expecting to win that we, we got week two. Oh, the colts it's always different for that that's uh, in a conference might have to start jonathan taylor again 
It might not be a bad move. Um, but like before before we get into Monday night, let's go. Uh, we're gonna get into a, a few a few quick games during the week. Uh, yeah. Atlanta did it again. Atlanta did it again. Atlanta done it did again it again. And you can't. Again and you can't. You can't make this up. You cannot make this up. Atlanta. Oh, I gotta find and then, it. Oh. And then and then Arthur Smith had like shut down his media. Shut down his media. Um, his press con his presser with the comment talking about like. Oh, that the reporters are gonna write us off, talk bad, yada yada yada, and they're just gonna keep working. He said the right things as far as what his locker room, but dog, after everything that Atlanta that Falcons fans have been through over the years with blown leads in the fourth quarter or or, or earlier, you ain't got no right. I'm sorry, dog, but you can't. You can't, but, be, especially the same day that you did it again. Let's let's and, go over. And let's thing, go. Over go hold ahead. on, before we do. The Falcons were up big. I was watching the whole game, and I was thinking, like, Marcus Mariota looked good. He he was efficient. Uh, Cordero Patterson was doing his thing. Um, they didn't start. They didn't have their rookie out of BYU play due to injury. Kyle Pitts was cold in the second half. They was getting pressure on Jameis Winston all within the first half, and then they let up. And then they let up on the pressure, and that was just disappointing with Atlanta. I'm like, you was doing everything good. You had the pressure. You was getting on Jameis Winston. He was getting beat up. But then, and Sean Payton actually mentioned this, like when he was on Colin Cow, uh, Colin Cowherd's the herd uh, yesterday. He talked about when the Saints went to no huddle. That's when they got everything going, and Atlanta wasn't able to adjust to that at that at that at that breakneck speed. And then Jarvis Landry got going, and Mike Thomas is back. Oh yeah, and so Atlanta did it again. Um, Atlanta has blown eight double-digit leads since, including the new. Okay, so seven double-digit leads since the infamous twenty-eight to three game in the Super Bowl. They blew a seventeen-point lead to the Dolphins in twenty seventeen. We don't need it to go over the game. We already know. We, uh, I want to talk about it. the. 20-point lead to Dallas, which we will get into Dallas. Don't we, you worry. We, we don't have enough time to be able to get into that. We are we already know. Look, <laughs> they've blown that many leads. You cannot make that up. But uh, Atlanta, I get one one thing I will say for Atlanta for Falcon fans. Uh, you competed hard. You got to go to LA this week. Um, so good luck. Good luck. That's all I would say. Good luck. Uh, Grady Jarrett looked good. Um, other game on my other game that was on my radar. Uh, Joe Burrow did not look good. No, he looked good in the second half. He did not look good in the first. Jamar had, Chase think, looked good turnovers. all game. Let, okay, let me ask you this: Jamar, Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase, almost had two catch of the years. But yep. which one was better? The one that gave, the one that tied the game, or the catch that Deontay Johnson had? Oh, which catch was better? Because I'm going Deontay <laughs> because I was surprised that he had that second foot in. That I honestly, I'm with you. I'm going Deontay. That was just gross. That that catch was absolutely. And Jamar had that one handed, like, bro, he didn't get that foot down. But um, overall, okay, credit credit Steelers defense for causing pressure. Minka got an, and Minka did what he usually does and get pick sixes. Um, TJ Watt. It is it is like confirmed that he had a torn pectoral, but he's not gonna get. He doesn't need to get surgery on it. 
which would have kept him out for the season. So he is expected to be back. Some about them white boys always ended up like messing up uh, a arm, always messing up their arms and having to be wearing a brace. So TJ adds to a long line of that. Um, but Steelers, they did good. They did what they're supposed to do. So I think the Bengals are going to be fine. Their offensive line needs more time to jail. Yeah, because they were struggling as a unit together. Joe Burrow was getting beat up. That was left and right. And you know, I think I think both teams are going to be fine. But that was a very good game. That was a very good game. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, I Philly. Philly and Detroit, that was a good game. You got to give credit for Detroit and Mr. Eating Kneecaps himself, Dan Campbell. Uh, he really put he really put a lot of fight into the Lions organization. You saw them find a way to try to get back into the game, cut it to three, but wasn't able to get that last stop. Uh, Jalen Hurts did what he was supposed to do. Him and A.J. Brown looked good. I'm just hoping that, like, Devontae Smith is going to be able to get some touches as well. He'll come then back. have success. So that was that. Uh, Saquon Barkley looked like he was back to form the offensive line, did a much better job. Daniel Jones struggled, but credit Brian Dayball for like installing more, installing confidence into him and taking a chance with him. And he, he, he showed up late, but you know, the Titans just with, without AJ Brown, without a lot of the guys that they have, they still got some really good players on defense. The King is still there, but, uh, the Titans are going to struggle this year. And, oh, for sure. Um, so that's that. Uh, speaking of struggling, how about the how about nobody in the AFC South won a game? <laughs> oh, however, however, the Colts now under Matt Ryan. He's Matt Ryan, the the elite Matt Ryan himself, and I'm saying that with as much he was sarcasm. Not elite as in I that can. first half. I'm saying it with as much sarcasm as I can. Matt Ryan is already making improvements. He's giving the Colts their best start. Uh, over the last, I want to say, two to three years to the season, they didn't lose in week one. No, they tied. <laughs> they tied in week one. Matt Ryan's sure. already making improvements. But speaking of improvements, I do want to touch on something uh, before we get into your Seahawks. I want to touch on some of these rookies since we're talking about the Titans, the Eagles, and everything, and some of the guys who made, I guess, I for me at least, also, the people who made, also, made some of the best impacts. Lamar Jackson looked good. He looked like he, he, needed, he needed to go ahead and get paid. Rashad Bateman looks good. Um, yes, sir. Uh, the AFC West, like I said, it was going to be a dog fight. Kansas City beat the crap out of Arizona. I wasn't even close. No, no, don't even need to talk about that one. Kansas City just looked good. Uh, the Dolphins, uh, the Patriots are going to be bad this year with mm-hmm. Mac Jones having a back injury. Uh, the Dolphins look good. Tua made Tua missed a lot of throws, but I think he's going to be fine later on. You don't have no judgment for a quarterback, um, until about like maybe about week four until you yep. could really tell what's going to happen. But at the same time, a lot of people don't like Tua, so there we go. Jay, so uh, last, last, had, yeah, go ahead. La- lastly, the Chargers and the Raiders. That was a really good game, but Khalil yeah. Mack is back. Oh, for sure. I will say this too. Uh, Jalen Waddle has my favorite touchdown celebration in the entire league. It's, it's the gritty and, and the wa- and, and do the Waddle dance, but you got to play the you got to play the duck song along with it. <laughs> and Waddle away, Waddle 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 Waddle. So let's talk about guys and rookies, at least, who definitely stood out the most. I mean, for me, it's kind of a toss up between Jordan Davis and Sauce Gardner. Jordan Davis didn't play the whole game, but if you look at the stats they had for when he was on the field, uh, the Eagles allowed 2.9 yards per carry when Jordan Davis was on the field uh, for his 22 snaps. 
So, which is 2.9 yards per carry is a ridiculous change because I think they were allowing almost, I want to say almost five or six before, or even more. It was unreal the impact he had on just being in the game for those few snaps. Well, we. Well, when you look at Jordan Davis, we already knew what he was going into the NFL, coming into the NFL. Big dude, really athletic, was more seen as a two down type of guy, a tremendous run stuffer. Um, gonna need him, he's gonna need some time and some work to be able to be a full three down type of lineman, but no big surprise. And even a lot of guys like uh, uh, Baldy's breakdowns, I was listening, um, I was listening to body breakdowns where he talked about um, Jordan Davis was one guy that stood up to the all pro center of Frank um, Ragnar Ragnar from uh, Detroit. He was able mm-hmm. to stood him, stand him up and Ragnar just met somebody that was like, you know, his match as far as like size goes. And, you know, we, we already knew what we already knew that with Jordan Davis going back when he was at Georgia. Oh, for sure. I mean, he's an absolute monster. What I will say, though, if you want to talk about somebody who didn't impress me, uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Now, I don't know if this is – obviously, it's week one. You can't judge anything based off week one. But if you look at Trayvon Walker compared to Aiden Hutchinson, because the number one of the number two overall pick, it was very, very clear that the Jags made the right move. Because if you look at the PFF grade, Hutchinson in his debut ranked 120th out of 121 possible pass rushers for edge defenders. And his run grade was okay at 25th. And the overall grade was 82nd out of 124. Uh, Trayvon looked a little bit better than that. All I'm going to say is this, like, and we, we didn't get, we didn't give Trayvon Walker a lot of heat. We gave a lot of the, like uh, the whole analytics and Vegas odds and all that other stuff, a lot of heat for that, the way the draft pan out. The way I looked at it was like this, uh, Aiden Hutchinson had to go to Detroit. For sure. That was a no-brainer. No, I don't I'm disagree. not going to question as far as like, oh, Aiden Hutchinson should have gone ahead of Trayvon Walker. I'm not saying that. The only thing I'm going to say is Aiden Hutchinson had to go to Detroit. That was the only thing that was right. Outside of that, everybody went where they had to go. But Aiden Hutchinson had to go to Detroit. If you compare the two of them directly – Honestly, the best pass rusher was uh, Dominique Robinson with Chicago. He played lights out. I think he only had 15 pass rush attempts. Let's see if I yeah. can find his stats. Yeah, Chicago did a really good job against the Niners. They, was able they did to, a really good job. Justin Fields looked really good, and you're going to have a chance to see, and like the world's going to have a chance to see what Dominique who, – who, what's the dude's name again? Dominique Robinson. So he had – They're going to have uh, a chance to see Dominique Robinson and Fields like on Sunday night, uh, like this upcoming uh, week two. Matchup in Green Bay. He uh, looked good. Speaking of Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Justin Jefferson, for helping me win my league in our oh, not t- podcast. Th- 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 thank you, Justin Jefferson, as well. Even though you're LSU, but still, thank you as well. But um, Aaron Rodgers, we talked about how the Cardinals got beat up. The, the, the Packers got beat up. Pretty bad. Oh yeah, Packers. Um, so, now, yeah. even though Devonte Adams and the Raiders lost, he still have more yards than all the all the Packer current Packer receivers combined. We're just saying something. But again, there was already a lot of reports during training camp that the whole chemistry with all the receivers with Aaron Rodgers was 
shaky at first. And so it was going to take time. So we kind of saw one of those growing pains right there in Minnesota. But I, I like remember, I already told you that I picked Minnesota to win that division anyway. Um, yep. With Kevin, o I like what Kevin O'Connell did. There was a lot of really good game plans and a lot of good game sets. And not game sets, but uh, like, play, like play styles that he had that was able to get Justin Jefferson open in space. Adam Thielen looked like he was back when, like when he was younger in his prime in his prime. Um the Vikings looked really good. Defensively with Zadarius Smith and like with Daniel Hunter, that's going to be tremendous with that with that group. So the Vikings can have a really good year. Um Justin Jefferson is going to do his thing. I think he's going to lead the league in yards. Possibly could be a, a potential offensive player of the year. I think with he him. might get a couple crowns this year. But I'm not going to go that far. But um, because of Thielen, because Thielen's going to take a lot of those catches as well. Gotta take that account. We already talked about the we already talked about the Bills and um, Bills and Rams. But um, look, overall, really good win for the Vikings. The Packers they got a lot of work to do, and Aaron Rodgers is going to need a whole lot of massages and um and uh, ice baths after that game. Yeah, that was he got beat up. I want to talk about it briefly because you mentioned Cooper Cup, and then let's get into your Seahawks uh, and. Before we get into that, Sauce Gardner doing Sauce Gardner things only allowed one catch for eight yards and a pass breakup in his first game. So absolutely but fantastic. Still, but the Jets are still the Jets. Oh, no, the, the Jets, Jets still the And Jets. apparently Robert Sala's keeping receipts. Explain. Uh, he was in a press conference earlier, uh, like, er, I want to say it's either yesterday or today, talking about they understand that a lot of reporters and a lot of and a lot, a lot of Jets fans, like people in New York, were making fun of the of the Jets, and he said, like, we got a lot of receipts. He literally said, like, we got all the receipts and we can't wait to catch them. I'm like, um, you do know those are non non-refundable, right? I love it. Absolutely love it. But, yeah, Sauce doing Sauce things. Yep. Jets are still the Jets, though. I want to talk about how wide freaking open Allen Robinson was on so many plays, and Stafford just didn't see him. Some told me. Like bro, I tried to. That's the uh, reason why I didn't draft Allen Robinson because again, Matthew Stafford went through the elbow uh, elbow issue, cut a lot of offseason time as far as we getting the chemistry. With Cooper Cup, everything was natural. You've already established it. You already put you already put in the work on that one. So that was pretty much again self explanatory. Um, you got to give credit to first and second of all, Buffalo. You were talking about Allen Robinson, dog. That offensive line of the Rams, Buffalo. Oh my God, that they were everywhere. Von Miller looked like yeah. Prime Von Miller, and what he's gonna do for that defense, as far as with the young pass rushes that they're going that uh, they that they, that they're gonna have, man, they're gonna feast. So with the Rams, is they got to find a way to get the offensive line gelling quick, and Matt Ryan and not Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford has got to like find a way to get, um get going with all the other receivers because even though you can't guard Cooper Cup one-on-one, you still got to find, you still got to find a way to oh, like absolutely. get some things with other receivers, but they're going to get set Atlanta this week. So maybe they're going to get a lot of things going on that one. Yep. And before we get new Seahawks real quick, I promise we're going to in a minute. I do want to, I, I want to be the first to announce this. Sure. Um, after week one, uh, we can now officially say that Dallas has been eliminated from the playoffs. 
with Dak Prescott and his injury. I'm not laughing at his injury. I'm not. I, I wish Dak a speedy recovery. No, but we're laughing at the pain of the, of the Cowboys fans because I can't yes, stand each and every one of them. That game um, was boring, man. It was boring, but like Tom Brady, he looked good, but he didn't look great. Julio's back. Julio's back. And I knew Julio was going to be back because when one thing I will agree with, I, I don't agree with what a lot of Skip Bayless says because the dude's a Cowboys fan. He's very ill. He's like dealing with a whole lot of delusion <laughs> and a lot of stuff, but a lot of Cowboys fans <laughs> deal with that. That's a different story for another day. Yeah. The one thing I will trust in, uh, trust in Skip Bayless, he will talk like anytime he talks about information, like close information about Tom Brady, I will, I will listen to that one because like mm-hmm. he knows what he's talking about. So, I think month, about a month ago, possibly months ago, he talked about how when Julio first signed with with Tampa Bay, Skip Bayless pointed out like Tom Brady's gonna get Julio with his uh, physician or his trainer and put like Julio on the TB12 type of diet and nutrition plan, and mm-hmm. that's gonna do wonders for his body, help out with his hamstrings. Julio looked good, he and, looked and great. that thing and that thing is working. So. He might be back. Mike Evans is still getting his. Chris Godwin got hurt. Donovan Smith got hurt, and the Bucks got to play the Saints. But like, that, I think I think the Bucks are going to be fine. But the Saints are going to give him some trouble. Oh, for sure. Now, and Brady looked good. I'll be in the game kind of boring. Brady did have a decent uh, PFF grade, but you know who had the second highest PFF grade in the league? Ooh. Geno Smith. In that rematch with Russell Wilson, let's get into that, man. Geno looked good. Seahawks looked really good. Bro, when I tell you last night was by far one of the most emotional games of my entire <laughs> life. And I don't mean like like the fact that it was close. No, I mean the game as a whole from pregame to post, I still don't know how to feel. They booed but them, those, man. I but felt the, some type of way about that. But those that don't know, I am a Seattle Seahawks fan growing up. In Georgia, my family were Falcons fans, but my grandfather taught me at a young age, do not love something that you can't trust. I can never trust the Atlanta Falcons, period. So that was that. But I did always love watching like NFL football, but I was never a fanatic like that. I didn't have a team growing up until Marshawn Lynch's Beast Quake in January 8th of 2011. Then the Legion of Boom came along. Then Seattle, uh, then when the NFL went away from Adidas or Reeboks as far as being the official brand of the NFL, then it went over the Nike, then Seattle got the jersey change. That was it. But then when Russell Wilson was drafted by the Seattle Seahawks, because I remember watching Russell when he was at Wisconsin, he won the job over Matt Flynn after the like, Seahawks signed Matt Flynn off of free agency. And he won the job and competed, and he was like, they would – everything was connecting and stuff, I became a Seahawks fan. And I've been that way for over 10 years. Fast forward to last night. That was a hard game to watch in both ways. Because I'm Seahawks forever. But Russell Wilson will forever be my quarterback. I'm grateful for what he's done for for Seattle for a long time. The ones that booed, I understand that. I can understand that. Because he wanted he wanted out, and a lot of people's feelings were hurt. I get it. I was hurt not for what Russell felt, but for like everything that led up to him feeling like that. 
And I had a lot of blame and anger for Pete Carroll. I still do. But last night, I'm going to give Pete Carroll a lot of credit because he did one thing that Thayer Hackett did not do. Pete Carroll got uh, got the Seahawks ready to play. Because I saw rookie tackles, they were ready to play, and they was holding their own against Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory. They did their thing. Charles Cross and um, and that and uh, like uh, Lucas, they were ready to play. Chubb came through a little bit to the end, but Charles Cross held his own. That was a fun Nwusu, matchup. Nwusu, uh the free agent signing out of the Charges, he looked good. Daryl Taylor, looked really they good. looked good. Uh, Al Woods, they looked good. The defense was not great, but they will bend but not break. Uh, Jamal Adams looked good for a little bit until he got hurt. Is said a series going to be out for a couple of weeks, so there's no timetable. But we're like at CS fan, we're used to not having Jamal Adams playing anyway. But overall, Seahawks defense looked good. Now, over the offense, we ran the ball effectively as much as we could, did a decent job, could have ran it better. That's on that point. Um, not to mention Kenneth Walker did not play, he's scheduled to play this uh this Sunday against the Niners. Gino managed the game perfectly. Yep. Except for the second half, did not score no touchdowns. But no. I kind of saw I kind of saw that coming. Gino managed the game. This is the reason why he won a job over Drew Lock. Drew Lock is gonna take chances. He's gonna he's a gunslinger. Gino is not, not anymore. He's gonna play the he's gonna play the game plan like it is. He's gonna make some plays, but he's gonna manage the game. He's gonna be a field general for these guys. He's gonna make the right decisions. And get the throw and get the ball out of his hand as much as he can. That's what Gina's gonna do. He did a nice job last night. He did a scratch that. He did a really good job last night. He did what exactly was supposed to do. He handled his business, went on from there, and Seahawks got the win. Now on the other side, Russell looked good. He didn't look great, but he looked good. He had 340 yards. He had one touchdown. Should have gotten more, but they were one for five in the red zone. The one being a the one being a field goal. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett and that coaching staff were god awful last night. Now again, credit Pete Carroll and Clint Hunt and Clinton Hurt and Shane Waldron. They were ready to go. They had a tremendous game plan. But with the but uh, well for the Broncos. Their coaching, their coaching was horrible. They had too many penalties. They couldn't get the plays in. They kept having a delay of games. The turnovers didn't help either. The false, the false starts. That was get, that's the twelve. You going, oh, you, you gonna get some false starts in the twelve. Yeah, the, tw- the twelve in the Kansas City. You're gonna get some false starts. That's automatic. But um, Russell, he's gonna he's gonna be fine. The coaching staff's got to learn from this. And the thing you hack it to me, I feel like. Uh, if you're a Bronco fan, you gotta you gotta consider him being on the hot seat, whether he's a rookie or not, because you can't make that mistake on fourth and five. You already signed you signed one of the top rank you signed one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Like the whole organization, they spend all that money, they spend their future on him. You gotta go ahead and go for it. Brian and um, Brandon McManus, he got a good leg. He ain't Justin Tucker. No, I mean I you understand gotta go it. For it. You gotta go for it. That was dumb. Even Pete Carroll said, like, we thought we was gonna go for it. Everybody thought, um, thought. Everybody saw it, and everybody thought it. I think he even came out and said he should have gone for it. Yeah, he said it out later. Now, the thing. Now, I really got to talk about this. I got to address this. Mm-hmm. The hate for Russell Wilson is it, it, it's amazing to me. Here's the thing: Russell Wilson is a corny dude. We yep. understand that. 
But a lot of the hate has to come from as far as like who he is. A lot of like a lot of people in my area, especially being in the South, they don't like him because A, he's with Sierra. B, he's a B, he's a black dude, but he ain't, you know, a brother. They don't see him as a brother. Um, yeah. they don't see him as that. They think he doesn't have a backbone. He's passive per se. And the like the whole court, the whole the whole like uh like um the corniness and all that stuff. That's just who he is, man. When uh when when Nathaniel Hackett came out and said like why we did all this, Russell Wilson backed them up. Russell Wilson not gonna throw nobody on, on, under the bus, not on the mic. Maybe like off like other ways he's gonna do it, but he's not gonna say in the presser like all that other stuff. Because even when Pete Carroll was making bad decisions, Russ backed him up. His team might say stuff, but he won't say anything. Like, and a lot of his former teammates don't like him because of just the whole situation and how it panned out. We understand that, but the hate that this dude gets is ridiculous, man. The dude like is a great. The dude is a great quarterback. He ain't the same like he once was. But this Joker had to carry the franchise for at least around seven, for at least close to seven years. Yeah. When the leech and the boom left, it was him. Before we get DK, it was him, Tyler Lockett, Doug Wood, Doug Baldwin, and a bunch of and a bunch of like semi names. And then the offense was and the offensive line was bad. So, like, they have some fans boo. I mean, yeah, it's disappointing. I understand how they felt, and they're a lot, and they have the right to feel how they feel. But at the same time, like, and I know later on because uh, Brett Favre he got booed when he went to Minnesota. So that, but like later on, by the time the Ring of Honor came out and he returned to Lambeau, he got you know elation. So down the road, Russell's gonna get elated like later on in Seattle. That that's already a no brand. But um, Russell's gonna be fine. My Seahawks, the, I knew he was gonna compete. I was surprised if we won, but we did it. Uh, we gotta go to we gotta go to San Francisco. Can I see us winning against San Francisco? Of course I can. I don't like San Francisco. Um, I don't like the Niners, so I'm hoping that we win uh on Sunday. But overall, if somebody had asked me how I felt about that game, I can't answer that. The best question that asked me who I wanted to win, because out of all the games I've ever watched, I've always cared about uh did you win or did you lose? Mm-hmm. Last night was the first time where I said I did not care about who won. Just want a good because game. My, huh? my emotions were everywhere. Right. Because I was still in shock that this is actually happening. It's crazy, man. And it was a good game. I mean, the one thing that killed Seattle, or not what killed Seattle, the one thing that killed Denver is that's going to take some getting used to. The one thing that killed Denver was, again, those red zone turnovers. I mean, you had two turnovers in the red zone where they should have and could have scored. And that's a lot of 12. A lot of that has to do the play calling, dog. I'm still sick. I'm, I'm sick and tired of this whole like you at the one yard line and you in the shotgun. Yeah, I don't get that. I get it. Like I, I get it if you're a spread back and you want to get your fastest player, but very, very rarely do you have a speed back on the goal line. You have your wrecking ball who's gonna get that yard. Yep. So I, that's that's a whole other conversation for another day. If anybody and look, was and look, Russ is still held responsible on a lot of things. He's still accountable for a lot of the missed throws and misconnections. But the dude played he played conservative and played smart. He didn't throw it deep. Heck, you don't even run no more. When you at a certain age in your career, you're not trying to run no more and try to get hit. You're trying to last right. a little while longer. You gotta understand that. Yourself. Uh the throw that he had to Jerry Judy, the touchdown that he had to Jerry Judy, it was underthrown. Like he said it a little bit too long. 
but at the same time, it still was able to make catch. He could have connected yeah. with Jerry Judy and like Courtney Sutton, Sutton early on in the game. Same thing with KJ. But um, like I said, they're gonna be fine. Uh, they're still they're still gonna compete. They're still gonna compete for a playoff spot. So I'm not overly worried. What about Denver? Like I said, it's week one. Emotions were high. Time to move on and get re- and like just get ready for the rest of the season. They got they got the Texas this week anyway. Um, Seattle got the Niners, so uh, Russ is gonna be fine. Oh yeah. Well, on that note, man, you got anything else you want to add? Um, Georgia is at South Carolina this week. That'll be interesting. I think this will be the first test Georgia has this season. But I don't think it's because gonna be much of a test. We we all know what happens when Georgia and South Carolina play each other. Is for some reason it's always gonna be more competitive than it should be. It's interconference, man. It's SEC. <laughs> oh, my! Oh, Miami got to play a And M. There we go. There's a game. We got Miami and a And M. Georgia uh, gets their first real test in oh, South Carolina. And oh, Miami plays A&M. Here's one thing I do feel bad about: Georgia Southern is, gonna, uh, is playing UAB this week. They're in mm-hmm. Birmingham. Mm-hmm. I got to work the Alabama football game against ULM. If Bama was not in town, I would be at UAB watching that game. Oh, but, for sure. Because here's the thing: the Bama games at four. Georgia Southern play at three. I would not make it. No. Just just shame. No, nah, man. But I'm I'm, I'm getting to see our alma mater at some point this year for sure. Hey, but, on oh, that- hey, but real quick, uh, we do have our first Thursday night football game of the year on yes, Prime sir. Video. It is Kansas City versus Chargers. Who are you taking? It's in Kansas City. I would, mm. And I just and I just downloaded Prime Video. Chargers by three. I'm going to go Kansas City by 10. I'm going to take Chargers by three. Well, on that, oh man, let's go ahead and close it out. Thank you again, everybody, for joining us for episode 19. Um, we really do appreciate it. Like we said at the top of the show, we have two different forms of social media for you guys to follow us on, reach out yes, to us at, let us know what you guys' thoughts and opinions. Uh, it's going to be uh, at TDSN Pod on Twitter and then Two Dudes of Sports News on Facebook. If you guys want to give us some feedback, you can do it there or you can rate us five stars on whatever platform you're listening to us on. It really does help. We really do appreciate it. We don't know why it helps, but it does. If you liked it, let us know. If you didn't, again, this never happened. Uh, we really do appreciate your time, and thank you for giving us a shot. But if you did like it, tell everyone you know. Um, that'll pretty much be it for us for this week. Uh, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. And as always, we'll see you next time. Peace.